This is the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm Malcolm. And I'm Brian. And we're a couple of dads sharing our journey about starting out and bootstrapping our indie businesses while still prioritizing our young families. We believe that you can bootstrap a successful SaaS, freelance, or indie business while still enjoying the family life. Join us as we share our learnings from building our businesses from scratch. Here we go. How have you been for the past four months? My goodness, Brian. Has it been four months? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That just really yep. is. Man, but can I just say, I just say good to see you again. Yeah, uh, you too. It feels like we've uh, I've been back in the, the solo development mode and man, that's lonely. <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's so much nicer to speak to someone, you know, even if it's like every two or three weeks. Uh, so just, yeah. I don't know if I can go back to being a solo dev indie hacking away. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. We finally yeah. got back online. Yeah. Um, I, I take full responsibility for our little hiatus. So we can get into that a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And, you know, we, we've kept in touch over Skype and stuff, but it's not yeah. the same as, as seeing you. No, it's here, not so. the same. And I, I guess it's the one downside of, uh, you know the time zone difference um mm-hmm. i think it, it would have made a slight difference if you were on the east coast but uh that's man it's really difficult to find the time so what's what's what i like about that is it's like we are kind of forced to build a business model async yeah. first which is really cool um you know mm-hmm. bodes well for building a culture that's you know remote first async first but face-to-face time is a bit difficult to 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 organize that's i guess yeah. that's the one downside but yeah it's really good to see you um man i i guess the the last couple of four months man that's crazy um <laughs> yeah a, a lot of things have happened i think uh oh, I, I guess i'm gonna start on the on the personal side um family's doing good uh you know the, the kids are are you know stuck in the, the school year we're uh, we yeah, in South Africa, the school year ends in December. So we're getting close to that time of the year where, you know, September, October, everybody feels really tired and I haven't had leave in a long time. And it's it's really, it's not a great time of year. And we're just like coming out of winter now as well, which is like, I don't like the cold. It's just the sun <laughs> goes down early and it's cold and it's miserable. And, you know, when you're indie hacking and it's like, six degrees in your office <laughs> and you're all like got three layers of clothes on that's yeah it's not great um, oh, so man. i'm looking forward it's springtime now i went for a run over the weekend and the flowers are out and so it's it's uh, it's a good uh, good sign so hopefully things are looking up we're back at our indie hacking and weather's changing so yeah it's it's really good how about you well, Brian? how's how's the family been well, uh, I mean, first of all, six degrees Celsius sounds pretty perfect to me. I hate the heat, so maybe we maybe we're in the wrong locations or something. <laughs> here in here in Arizona, it's like you know forty five, forty six Celsius. That's like one hundred what fifteen or so is Fahrenheit, and uh, I hate it. And it's just now starting to get cold. So we're the opposite, you know, from you. And uh, I you need to do it. a house swap or something a certain time of year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you're getting yep. too much of the heat, we can just uh, do a house swap for a couple of weeks and yeah. uh, <laughs> get a rest bite. Yep. I love hoodie season. That's my favorite. Just throw on a hoodie and my I don't care if my, my feet are freezing. That's okay. But uh, yeah, things are going pretty good. Um, 
let's see here, working from home still. So, you know, there's no commute to the office still, which I love. I'm never going to go back to, do, to doing that. Yeah, and yeah. that gives me more time to spend with the family. You know, it's nice to be able to walk out of a meeting into the, the kitchen and, you know, the kids are home from school. I can say hi and, or, you know, middle of the day I can walk out. My wife and I can talk about something that we need to talk about or deal with or whatever. And that's super nice. Um, my oldest daughter is now graduated from high school. She's taking a little break. So she's home pretty often, which is nice. Uh, my 16 year old. Yeah, <laughs> I know she's at some point, you know, she's going to move out and that's scary to me, but, yeah. um, I'll, I'll enjoy it while we can. And then, uh, my you know, around here, you can start driving when you're 16. And so my son got his license and then, uh, two or three weeks after he got his license, totaled the car. Oh, so no. <laughs> oh, that's oh, like a man. parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> it is, you know, I, where I, I was already nervous okay about though, driving. Right? Yeah, he's okay. He's, he's, you know, just kind of banged up from it, but thank goodness for airbags. All the airbags and both the cars went off. It was pretty, pretty bad, but, um, he, he's okay. And they, they seem like they're okay and it's all taken care of, you know, thank goodness for insurance and airbags. But, um, you know, so we're kind of, <laughs> that was, we had a, a black Camry, you know, nice and reliable car and that's gone now. So the next car we got was a bright yellow, uh, Kia something. <laughs> so it'd be harder for him to be missed. It's bright yellow. We call it banana. And, and did it you looks stick like reflected one. tapes all around? <laughs> Tempting, tempting. I've got Maybe memories we'll of uh, of a Who's the Boss episode, and I'm really showing my age now, uh, <laughs> where where the father buys his daughter this bright yellow car and just sticks reflector tapes all over it <laughs> because he's so yeah, concerned. It's, it's like taxi yellow. It's pretty yellow, but uh, it's funny. They, they, they like it. It's because it's novel. Nobody else has a yellow car around here that isn't a Corvette or something. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, things are going pretty well. And, and you know, the reason I, I've been kind of off the radar for the past six months, still kind of getting back into it is we can go into that, but, um, works better now. That's mostly what it was. Mm. Um, family, you know, has been doing well all along. It's not so much, uh, family stuff as it was just my own, you know, mental health from, and, uh, just stress from, bad working conditions and uh that's a lot better now so now i feel energized and i'm excited and i'm back i'm writing code again and uh pushing up changes and and uh making progress so ready to get back into it and i i appreciate your uh your patience and your your grace and not giving up on on my little pause there while i was sorting stuff out yeah, well, I've, I've been kind of relieved because uh, when we started out, you were like burning like fire, blazing a trail <laughs> there with the code stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta catch up. And then this, this, interestingly enough, is just kind of the timing's been perfect. I've just only now really reached a place where it's like, okay, cool, Brian can come back yeah. now. Uh, we need some, <laughs> <laughs> some more functionality. But yeah, I mean, we can go into that. I think um, you know, you you changed jobs twice. You know, mm-hmm. one was stressful and now uh, hopefully less stressful. So you got more energy now. And uh, I also changed jobs. And it's kind of like it's brought into focus that if you're going to do this indie hacking thing, you know, where you need that energy, you know, after mm-hmm. hours, um, you know, after work time and after family time, it's like choosing the right day job really is super, super important. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you probably felt that way more poignantly than what I did. Um, 
you know, for me, the the job that I had was was really it was fantastic. Um, you know, I loved the people that I worked with, um, and the, the the work itself was really satisfying. Uh, like the one downside was, uh, you know, it was an American company, which is means I didn't get really all that much leave. Um, you know, so that's just like, well, you know, if we we're saying families first, so I kind of really took the bit the bullet and thought, well, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying where I am, but if families first, then I've got to find something that is uh, that gives them more time. You know, if, if I'm saying that's what my priority is. Um, so yeah, so now I'm working for a Danish company, and of course Denmark has uh, a lot better, you know, benefits that are deemed as standard. So you know, pretty much more than twice the leave that I had plus public holidays. Wow. So, I will say, being fully transparent on on the downside, the work isn't as exciting, and the the people are, I guess, a lot more culturally diverse. So it's you know, before I was more kind of like with my own tribe of of people and got on really well. Here, it's more like I still get on with my work colleagues, but it's it's more you know at a distance. I, I could say I'm mm-hmm. I'm really good friends with a lot of my ex work colleagues. So that's there. You win some, you lose some. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know if it was the right decision, but. Yeah, I guess that's you know that's what kind of plays into uh, you know trying to be very purposeful in terms of you know because I think a lot of people well you know my day job that's my career and you know you go after material gains and things like that but um, yeah I think that things driving us are a bit different so it's yeah. an interesting road to to walk down I think it's uh, from the outside it looks a lot like career suicide uh, going from more senior positions to more junior positions to get the freedom in time and the energy and working with the people that are that you want to work with um how how have you know having gone through the things that that you've gone through the last couple months how have you reflected on on that yeah well the big thing was uh You know, I used to use my frustration at work as motivation for indie hacking or my side Mm. projects. So I'd have a a bad day at work and I'd I'd be like, you know, I'm going to show them I'm going to build my own business and and eventually quit uh, after this thing launches. But, you know, the problem with that is one, it's spiky because you have good days and bad days. And so if you use that as motivation, you'll have every once in a while or depending on how bad the job is. um, And if you're not exhausted, you'll have some better days than others. Um, and then the other thing is it, uh, it always takes way longer than you think to launch anything, not just to launch, but to get people using it and to start a successful business. So, you know, you're talking about being frustrated like that for years, like that doesn't sound healthy. And that's kind of where I was. So just kind of rewinding a little bit how I got here. Um, you know, about a year ago, I left my my cushy job. Well, not cushy, cushy in in terms of pay, but not responsibility. It was stressful, but my good job at Amazon. Uh, it was a dream job um, that I that I got and was happy to get, and spent you know four four and a half years there. Um, but rode the Amazon wave, rode the stock market wave a little bit, and was able to take some time off. So I did, and that's where I spent some more time uh, building things on the side and hoped against reality that, uh, you know, I'd be able to start something during that time and, <laughs> and never have to go back to work, but I knew it was, it was a long shot and it ended up not working. So, uh, but towards the tail end there, I partnered up with someone else who was, it was just a, a horrible, it ended up being a horrible partnership. So, you know, I was, I was used and I was, uh, taken advantage of and, 
my uh, trusting good nature was uh, was taken advantage of, and, and it ended up being a one way or one sided partnership. So after I finally just kind of decided to cut my losses there, um, I ended up, you know, that ended up causing my runway to be shorter because I invested some a lot of time and money into mm, that. Mm. So just, you know, I ended up having to get a job. So I interviewed at a bunch of places, um, got a couple of offers, took one that seemed good. And, you know, it's always hard to tell from the outside if it's good or not. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. the, it's quite the, a gamble. The interview always, you know, everybody puts on their best face and, and stuff. And um, I don't regret the one that I took uh, based on the interview. It was a it's a, it was a good position. It was promising. But once I got in there, it was very different. So my immediate team was great. Awesome people. Really loved working with them. Um, would continue to work with them if I could. But the extended kind of org was just super dysfunctional. It was people constantly... Um, stabbing each other in the back, you know, it was like marketing against engineering against, it was just everybody against each other. If something was wrong and, and a lot of things were going downhill, um, it was always somebody else's fault. Nobody took response. It was just constant bickering and backstabbing. And, uh, there, there was yelling, uh, in meetings, which I don't see ever a a need for. And it was just super dysfunctional and stressful. And so that was kind of the the point in time where I, started to drop off the radar, you know, about four months ago. Yeah. Um, so just, just and, quickly looking back at that, yeah. um, you know, reflecting back on the interview, do you think there is any way that one can, or perhaps questions that you could have asked that you didn't ask or some way of like ferreting that out? Because I think that's, you know, I think a lot of indie hackers are like, they, they want to do a job change. Maybe they commute during the day and they want a remote job. But they really enjoy the people that they work with. It's a you know a job that pays the bills, um, and that risk. And, and that's a lot of us have that fear of moving from a job that you kind of enjoy, if not really enjoy, uh, to a toxic environment. Um, I don't know. I felt like I asked all the right questions. I, I think maybe I could have pushed a little bit more on, like what if you could change anything, what would that be? Uh, or questions around what would you like to see change over the next three to you know four months? I think that will mm. surface some of the, the tensions that, that that team might be having. Um, like, it, you know, we, it, it, might, it might be like that the roadmap isn't clear, or it might be that we don't get along, like they won't say it like this, but we don't get along with this other org and, or something like that. You have to, I think take any hint of uh, of, an, of a problem and assume that it's actually many times worse. And if yeah. they don't give, if everything is rosy and perfect, then you know, according to the person you're interviewing with, then that's probably a problem. So I actually appreciated when I would interview, and they would say, "Look, our code base is a mess," or you know, "Hey, we're we're really struggling with this feature," or "We're we're yeah. having a hard time scaling right now," or. Um, we don't really, you know, we're, we're struggling to see eye to eye with, uh, marketing for example, or whatever. Mm. Um, I, when they say that, then, you know, okay, it's, it's probably a real issue, but at least they're bringing it up. And I worry about the ones that don't say anything that say everything's perfect, which is kind of, I wouldn't say that's what happened here, but I think I was a little too trusting and I should have dug deeper. It's hard. Mm. Sometimes you just got to take a, take a chance, I think, you know, and 
and if it doesn't work out, um, I mean, the job market's getting a little rougher, but the nice thing about being in tech at least is, uh, it's not still not too hard to, to find something else. So you just kind of try it out and it's probably better to, um, cut ties early and move on than stick it out for a year. Like I was there for six months at the, by the time I left, I, I probably should have left after two or three after I realized, because mm-hmm. I'd rather see if I were looking at somebody's resume, I'd rather see a really, really short stint and, uh, and ask them about that than like job hopping every year. That looks worse. Yeah. 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 So, so that, you know, that was, that was going on and, uh, I realized, you know, I need to, I need to find something else. So I started interviewing and, and at, in that role, you know, I was a software man, engineering manager, which I kind of stumbled into, uh, before Amazon at a, the company I was at before there. Um, and I enjoyed it. There's a lot to like about it. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think, my main motivation for going into it was wrong. I went into it because it pays better. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, I, I think I was pretty good at it. You know, I was told I was good at it, but I didn't love it as much as, as just coding. And mm-hmm. I always kind of wished, man, I wish I could get back into coding. I wish I could find a coding job that paid as well as management basically is what I was telling myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's just hard to find because as a manager, you have more impact and therefore, you know, you usually get paid more. Yeah, so, sure. so, um, uh, you know, I just kept going down the management track and I was unhappy at this place and was looking for something new. Um, and then I, I actually read a book through a recommendation of a friend of mine. It's got the corniest title. It's it sounds super goofy, but it's, uh, is management for me. And I'm like, well, I'm already a manager, but let me see, let me just check myself and see, <laughs> see if it really is. Uh, and it was the most practical book that I've read on management, like what you should think about going into it. I'm like, man, I didn't think about that. I wish I had known this. Yeah. I really don't like that. I do like that, but not this other thing. And then what I realized is, is, uh, I didn't want to be a manager. I wanted to be an engineering. I wanted to be an engineer with leadership opportunity, like a lead or just, a you know, a senior level engineer that can mentor Mm -hmm. others. It was the mentoring that I enjoyed and not the other manager stuff. So so that's I, interesting that the, the thing that uh, you say there, Brian, and I'm wondering how how does that impact uh, the the end goal that we have of running a business, right? Because a large part, like the beginning part for developers, is building the product, and then you start to get into marketing, and you start mm-hmm. to hire people, and then before you know it, you're not writing code anymore, right? You're being essentially a manager of people. Yeah. So how does how does that how is how is that different to being like an engineering or a manager in a larger organization versus being a, a company leader managing people? Well, my frustration was, uh, I mean, the difference between an individual contributor and a manager is you ha- you go from thinking tactically to strategically. I mean, you can even at the higher levels of an uh, individual contributor when you get into like principal engineer, for example, you've got to think strategically, or even before then, you've got to think strategically about how everything's engineered. Mm-hmm. But um, as a manager, you're thinking more along the strategic business lines. And uh, and you need that for building a business. And so it's a good skill to have. I think my frustration was uh, the decisions that were being made above me, I didn't agree with. Uh, which yeah. is, which, you know, you can make those decisions on your, but when you're on your own, when you're the one driving them and maybe other people won't agree with them, but I want to be able to make those mistakes myself and, and, uh, 
or avoid the mistakes that I saw constantly being made, poor communication, poor mm. vision, mm. you know, all that stuff. So I don't think it's so much that I don't want to, personally, for example, don't want to lead or be strategic. It's I want to do it on my own terms. Yeah. And, uh, and if I'm working for someone else, I want to be uh, an individual contributor and worry about myself and my own projects or those immediately on my team and uh, knock those out of the park and not have to worry about all the, you know, corporate type stuff. Yeah. Um, like what it. you're getting at is autonomy, right? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, there's a difference. Even if we take uh, running your own business out of the picture, there's a very big difference between being a leader in a small team or a smallish company where you're given autonomy to make decisions and you get to carry the results of those decisions versus being leader in a larger organization where you don't really have autonomy you're just basically a babysitter uh, yeah. making sure people are happy um, but there's broader strategic decisions the part that's so exciting about uh, running a small business um, you don't really get to make those decisions because you know people are, but you got to check with 50 people <laughs> before you can do anything major or, or, or change direction of a product or um, you know give it tell a department to go in a completely different direction it's two very different things yep 100 percent. yeah so after i decided okay you know i management is is great there are some people that are really good at it and they really enjoy it i don't think that at least right now that's what i want to be doing i just kind of had to come to terms with that i'd been doing it for seven or eight years and it's not like mm. i was brand new to it and um i'd always received high marks and everything for what i did but um it was some of it was kind of like I'm an introvert and uh, I can fake being an extrovert if I need to, but it's exhausting. Same same with manager <laughs> stuff. Like I, I can, yeah. I, I'm an IC, I, but I can fake being a manager for a while if I need to, but it's tiring, you know, uh, after a yeah, while. Yeah. And so I, I made that decision. Then you know, this is I think a good lesson as well. Um, I was kind of noodling on this decision and and actually heard about a, a role that had opened up at a uh, another startup that I was that I you know had huge respect for and uh, it, it actually came up on the podcast and I thought oh my gosh this is it this is the one I want this is perfect um, they published you know the pay range and I'm like this is within my range um, maybe a little bit of a stretch but that's okay and uh, I thought man I'm gonna go for it so went home uh, drafted this email about you know why um, why I want to work for you and why I think I'm a perfect fit. And, um, and I got a response, you know, Hey, this is really interesting. Let's talk. And we went through a couple of inter interviews. I guess I was the first one to apply because the whole process was, you know, took over a month. So I put everything on hold. I, I put up with the day job because I felt like this was the perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put all the other interviews and searching on hold and put all my eggs in this one basket uh, you know, I know bad, bad to do, but I felt like, I mean, I, I, I laid awake at night so excited about this opportunity to, to learn yeah, from it was good from enough these people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt like, you know, I was a shoe in for it and got to the last round and, uh, was told, you know, we think you're great, really appreciate everything you would bring to the table, but it's, it's not the perfect fit for us. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, go with another candidate like, oh man, that was, oh. that was just, that hurt. And I understand, you know, that's fine. I, I don't hold it against them one bit, but that just killed me. And, and actually, uh, maybe I'm spoiled, but I've never actually been turned down before. Like it's always me walking away. I yeah, think because yeah. I, I, 
I've gotten pretty good at picking the right job to apply for, but it's usually I have to decide amongst multiple offers, which one I want. And this one, like they broke up with me instead of me breaking up with them. (laughs) And Oh man, that hurts so bad. I remember just going on a walk afterwards going, what am I doing? I'm such, I, I, I'm such an imposter. Like, why am I even, why am I even dreaming of doing any of this? It, I can't even land a job doing what I felt like was perfect. And it, it hit yeah. me deep. And then, you know, that, that lasted a couple of days. Once I got done feeling sorry for myself, I picked myself back up and, and applied for a bunch of other engineer jobs and, and doubled down on, uh, you know, refreshing my memory on the frameworks I wanted to work with and mm. uh, coding exercises and all that kind of stuff that you prepare for tech interviews with. And, um, found a bunch of other opportunities, was pretty selective about which ones I applied for, and then landed at this one I'm at now, which is still feels too good to be true. So originally a Y Combinator company, the nice. CEO is an engineer. I mean, that the the culture is just like no jerks. Um, everybody's just working together and it's growing really fast. I think, you know, just last year it was only maybe a dozen people and it's now got a lot more, but multiple years of runway, um, profitable even before they just got some funding and all that kind of stuff. This is all public knowledge and I'm not even going to mention who it is because it doesn't matter. But point is, uh, eventually found something that was a good fit and it felt natural. Mm. And then all of a sudden I had this energy, even though I was coding during the day, this new, the new gig, and you know, you're talking about coding even more at night on your own thing. I still had tons of energy and I still do. I'm three weeks in now and yeah. uh, it's super exciting. So, you know, a, a nice steady uh, job that you're ha- at least content to work at, mm. you know, in the end, I think you get more indie hacking time consistently with that. I mean, that's kind of my takeaway than, than using your anger to fuel, you know, your <laughs> motivation. Yeah, so. and, and I, I think a lot of the things that, um, you know, that may, maybe, you know, you know, we all have, you know, what drives indie hackers is this creativity and or the autonomy mm-hmm. that you want to, like, give that creative outlet to. And I think for a lot of us, um, that, m- I guess, middle of the road is the, a small taste of what we want to get to at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the small team, it's the autonomy, it's the working on an exciting product. Um, so, I mean, if you're working at your day job at a place that is giving you a very similar environment to what uh, the business is that you want to build, then, you know, that's, that's I guess, step one because you're kind of yeah. like yes this is I, I i know i fit here i found my tribe so if i can the, the one extra step where you are in charge of the strategic direction mm-hmm. um then then that's that's great you know yeah, i mean yeah. when i was in a corporate south african job i mean again career-wise it was fantastic it was there wasn't a cto and us architects were pretty much as as high as you get in the organization um, doing international work, but it wasn't a SaaS company. And I was like, well, if this is what I really want to do, then I've got to work for a SaaS company and mm-hmm. kind of left the corporate world and went and just did a, a normal developer job. Now what's nice about remote work and tech is I was able to get like a foreign-based job that paid very very similar to what I was getting paid. So thankfully I could still put food on the table for me and my three kids and my wife. Um but yeah, it's that's that's like a, a a contrarian decision that you 
kind of have to make and, and the different way of looking at things depending on what your your life goals are and you know and maybe it's not to own four mansions but it's it's to have more time for your family and um you know that kind of thing yeah so yeah absolutely. it's uh it's been a, an interesting road um i'm looking forward to seeing what uh what the rest of this year is going to bring um yeah so where where are we at now brian with uh with uh, super simple yeah there there, there so, are one or two kind of things that that we did in in the interim like just before you went on a hiatus right yep yep so um Let's see. Up until now, we've got all the standard, you know, user creation, login, all that kind of stuff. You can sign up, you can log in, you can view a list of contacts. Right now, there's no way to create the contacts, so it's all faked. Like when you when you log in, uh, a bunch of fake contact data is generated. But at least you can view it. We've got the scaffolding all put together, so we know what it looks like. The kind of high fidelity wireframe, if that's not an oxymoron, is in place um, on the web. And then you've done the same on the, on, the, on the mobile side, right? So now we need to add in the ability to create and edit contacts, which is like the central thing. We wanted to make sure we got uh, contacts, right? Because that is what it's all about. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that we've really settled on every field or thing that a contact is or should have, but we're kind of got first pass down. Yeah, I right? kind of feel like we're we landed in a good place where you know the temptation always as a product developer is like, well, I'm going to need maybe these fifty fields, mm-hmm. and uh, you you put everything in the kitchen sink in there, and I feel like we've we've got to struck a good balance with like these are the basics that everyone mm-hmm. needs. Um, let's just work on that first and get the wireframe and the editing and everything working. And what's really nice about that is I think a lot of companies they just want a list of stuff right a list of their contacts that they know Mm -hmm. like who they are and how to contact them um so i think it's completely feasible to get uh beta users fairly soon in terms of once we've got all the crud actions working um and let that feed into oh well i need this field i need this you know whatever um let let the customers feed back into whatever other fields we add in there yeah um but yeah, so the, I mean, the timeout has, has given me some time to uh, do some mobile-specific stuff. So you can use the uh, native integrations to like call your contacts and email them directly from from the app and uh, text message them and all those things. Uh, a contentious one, um, which I, mean, I know you did this as well. It's always interesting watching people rip each other on Twitter for adding dark mode to their app. Um, <laughs> but I think that that I think yeah. that comes with the with the caveat, right? I mean, you were mentioning. I mean, you did it first for uh, for the um, the Rails front end mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Tailwind, and it was like it was just so easy to do. It just was no, a no brainer. Yeah. Um, and I did something similar for the for the mobile app. That I mean, the way that that uh, the technology is is to add theme support is is literally like an hour or two to plug the stuff in if you mm-hmm. build it with theming in mind from from the, from the ground up and yeah. that's what i did so I, I was having so much fun i even built in a theme switcher um and then remote time also had themes but it was just adjusting to the system themes so like well I, I built this theme switcher so i actually managed to get in a f- sneak in a feature uh, for remote time as well put the theme switcher in there um, still alive still out there yeah, yeah yeah and so we added dark mode don't um don't uh, cancel your subscription to Indie Dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, 
it is a, a controversial thing. I mean, um, to me, it's motivational. Like I, I know you don't want to um, over architect from the beginning or, or like, what is it? Uh, you know, get stuck in perfection mode, but to me, when it looks decent, it doesn't have to look perfect, but when it looks decent, that's motivating. Yeah. Like, okay, this feels real mm. now. Like this is looking good. Let me just add this thing. Cause it's fun. And we're not, because we both have full-time jobs, you know, we're not racing against the clock uh, to, to start making money with this thing. Although we'd love to. Um, so we have some time and which means that it's okay to do some things to like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, indulge, I guess a little bit on, on some of the nerdier stuff. I, there's dark mode. The other um, uh, debate that I see out there is like, should you even write unit tests if you're in startup mode? And uh, I, there was one guy, I don't remember who it was. But he was like, if you're writing unit tests and you're, you're building a startup, you're doing it wrong. And I think that the absolutist kind of attitude, first of all, is, is silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, for They're sure. They're just, they're just trying to be controversial. So fine. Uh, I think it depends. And uh, like in, in my case, I actually spent the last couple of weeks going back and adding unit tests because I realized, you know, um, I'm not just, it's, it's almost like uh, I feel like a dad in a way. I'm not just providing for myself, but my back end is also providing for the, the mobile front end as well, mm-hmm. the mobile mm-hmm. side. So if I break something, I don't just break it for me. I break it for you. And that's frustrating. So I went back and, wrote a bunch of unit tests to make sure that everything was working right, that everything was set up correctly and found in the process, at least a dozen issues that I'm surprised you haven't run into. Maybe you have and worked around them, but that's how unit tests go. So I don't think yeah. we need to get to like a hundred percent, but I, I think, you know, if you're not in a rush, that foundation that you, that you set up early on pays off. If you, if you tell yourself, Oh, I'll, I'll add unit tests later. You never will. You never will. Yeah. You'll never yeah. get there. You're so, always going to play catch up, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe you don't need to be perfect from the beginning, but do something. Like it's something yeah. in there. That's kind of yeah, my take I mean, on it. Just so that we're clear, I mean, uh, uh, we're not looking at test coverage at all, right? We're not uh, right, saying, right. well, we need a hundred. Like every single corner of the code needs to be covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the important bits and the you know the the stuff that your customers are going to care about. You know, making yep. sure that when you make changes, that those changes are applied correctly. Yeah. If you're yeah. fetching data, that you get the data that you expect to get. Um, and you know, like I can say from the mobile side, it's I've got maybe four or five tests, and that's it. Um, but th- it's that's just mostly front end stuff and stuff that I've used forever that that mm-hmm. originally had stuff. So I mean, I'm fairly confident in the stability of it. But the 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 unit test on that side was it's actually faster because to try and test this piece of logic building the front end and calling APIs just, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. So it's write the test and get it done faster. Um, yeah. And for sure, I think as, as we go along, there, there will be some more as the, I guess, we stabilize on, on how things work. Yeah. But yeah, I, I completely agree. There's no absolutes. Uh, uh, you should have a mentality, I still think, of, of trying to move quickly. But it, the more you are a little bit more conscientious of important bits that need to work, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have less trouble later on. Exactly. And like you say, I mean, we, we're, we're not in a rush. We, we're not, uh, not yet. <laughs> we don't have customers <laughs> screaming for that next feature, which we promised them three months ago. Um, mm-hmm. 
So we can afford to build a, a like building a house, right? The deeper you dig the foundations, uh, the more solid your house is going to be. And when you build a business, it's really easy mm-hmm. to build quickly like vertically and if your foundation isn't solid then <laughs> you end up doing some stuff but uh yeah and and on the on the on the fun stuff the dark mode and the uh, animations i i, I uh, tweeted out some some header animation stuff that i did a couple of weeks ago that's i mean i feel that's super important um you know if you're like for me 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night working until like one in the morning uh, you need that fun stuff to motivate you. You know, you know, you got to grind on some like business logic and stuff. Um, but if you have these little, like I guess, rewards uh, every now and again, that's it's a lot more easy to to get to your desk and know you're going to build this fun thing and then get back to the grind. Yeah, um, yeah. So I am completely comfortable with that. And all this depends on you having uh, an idea that will actually work. Because if you're if you don't have a validated idea or something that you know will actually eventually sell, then you're just kind of wasting time. But I think in our case, we feel pretty good about what the idea. In fact, I mean, we did nothing publicly really for the past four months, and we still get uh, subscription signups, you know, email signups reg- fairly regularly, not not super regularly, but regularly enough where we're not trying, we're still getting them. And when you look these people up, they're from businesses that have nothing, like I don't know how they found us other than maybe Google uh, because yeah. it's probably not this podcast, it's probably not Twitter. So I, mean, I, I think I that, was going to uh, say, Brian, there was that one spirit that we had where uh, <laughs> you tweeted out something about uh, having a five-figure income. I think it was or something. <laughs> we should do that more often. Um, well, I'm, but yeah, <laughs> kind of a dad joke, I guess, in a way. I and it wasn't my joke. Uh, I gave the guy credit, but I, I should have looked him up on Twitter first so I could have tagged him. But uh, yeah, it was just it was it was. You can't really explain it ver- verbally, so I guess go look on my Twitter and see it. But that was man that that surprised me. That got a lot of attention and a couple hundred followers and maybe a few new people listening to the podcast. So. That's fun. Um, but yeah, it's always hard to purposely come up with those viral kind of things. Yeah. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the thing that I'm excited about um, is we're getting fairly close to shipping a small functional piece. Um, and this is where building in public becomes really exciting. And you can start working a little bit more on the building public and marketing and things like that. So, hey, Here's this piece. Uh, go play with it. Uh, give us feedback, and um, you can really start engaging more on the platforms that we already have, uh, mm-hmm. right? You know, the Twitter sphere and the subscriptions that we have, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, as far as what's next, I mean, we got to build the the crud. We've got to figure out. So, like, I think um, our users aren't going to want to they're not going to be the types that that want to sit in a CRM and like fiddle with it all day. They're going to want to get in there and either look up someone's information that they need, or they're going to want to see what they should do next, like who they can nurture, what, what they can move along. And that's it. Like they're not going to be tech. uh, They're not going to be super techie. And which is another reason why I think it's important to build a solid foundation. Cause if, if it doesn't work, if it breaks, you know, they're going to be frustrated. They're not technical probably. And yeah, so we yeah. have to make sure that this thing's solid from the beginning, as far as like the experience goes. 
Um, and so we've got to figure that out. Like, what is, what does it look, what's the workflow look like? There's of course creating contacts, but like there's a million apps where you can create contacts or databases and things like that. So what makes us different from any other CRM? What make, what keeps it simple, but still helps, you know, them do that, uh, what they need to do and get something that's kind of just repeating what you said, I guess, get something simple enough out to where we can get some real feedback. But you, with like our own twist on things, our own uh, hypothesis, I guess, on what we think people want and then get some real feedback. So looking forward to that. I'm, it's probably not like a by next podcast thing, but it, we'll be working on it for a little <laughs> bit here. Well, we're getting there. Yeah. So I think the, so the, I mean, the, for the API, the, the CRUD, that's the, the, the next thing that's on, uh, for those who don't know what CRUD is, the create, read, update, delete, um, you know, just in data in, data out. Um, and then also, uh, what I've been working on, I guess the start of this week is, uh, the contact activity feed, which I think is going to be nice. You know, it kind of ties into that. What have you been doing and what's your next action? for Mm -hmm. your contacts that you have and how do you surface that i think that's a really interesting uh ux problem to to wrestle with and uh, and get feedback on Um, yeah because uh i i'm definitely developer first and designer second um i don't think either of us are terrible designers but certainly not you know by profession Mm -hmm. um so that's going to be interesting to kind of like debate and I'm glad that I have a partner now <laughs> to say, like, throw out a design and say, hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, we can kind of get feedback on that, which is, I think, is going to be really cool. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be the central, like, the differentiator and uh, the most important thing to get right next. So, looking forward to it and uh, happy to be back, back on the horse. Appreciate your patience with my job turmoil and all that stuff and i'm happy to be back yeah and i think we were i mean just a final note on that we were saying like we were you said we were in contact and skype and things like that is Mm -hmm. the reality of is that life comes in seasons and sometimes the season isn't great and sometimes it's going really well and i think you that's kind of like one of the indicators when you're looking for a co-founder or, or suppose in any relationship that if you're going through a difficult time, how is the other person's response? Are mm-hmm. they like, well, you're not meeting my expectations, so this is a problem? Or are they appreciative of the fact that, you know, that life happens and, you know, how empathetic are they to that? Um, so, you know, I, I, I very much live by uh, treat other people the way you would like to be treated. Um, and you know, the reality, and I think both of us are old enough to know that, uh, you know, you, you go through these seasons, um, and generally you come out stronger and more appreciative on the other side. So I, th- I think I, I'm personally, am, am grateful for this last couple of months that's, that, that we've gone through. I think it's, it's been like a growth period for, for the both of us, you know, both in terms of jobs and how we view, uh, progressing on this product and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm, I view it in a very positive light, just to reaffirm that. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, same here. Um, and, you know, I've missed the dad jokes. Do you have any dad jokes for us? Yeah, uh, let's, let's uh, well, we've missed uh, a couple of episodes, so I think I've got a few. Um, you know, when I was, uh, when my kids were younger, I used to uh, really dread 
playing peekaboo with him. Do you know why? No. Because I always ended up in the ICU. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so um, you kind of stole my dad joke. My dad joke was, uh, where do you take someone who's been injured in a, in a peekaboo incident? Oh, man, incident? really? <laughs> <laughs> you take him to the ICU. To the ICU. <laughs> Oh, classic. I was dreading this day when we were preparing dad jokes for the episodes and we like actually have the same thing. Yeah, see, we're, we're back in sync. We're back in the game. I, I've got yeah, another, yeah. I got a backup one. Okay. okay. Shoot, this shoot. goes, uh, and I hopefully I haven't said it before. I'm, I'm to the point now where I, I'm worried about repeating dad jokes, but here we go. So why does Dracula always bite people in the neck? This is a new one. No. Oh, good. Okay. Because he's a neck romancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that one, Brian. Well, uh, I got one more for us. Uh, and I really, like, it's difficult to find Star Wars dad jokes. And I think I've already told like most of them that I know, but I came across one the other day. Um, do you know why Kylo Ren is always so angry? Hmm. No. Because he's always been solo. <laughs> okay. That's true. That's good. I, uh, I what do you think? Did you watch the new? Uh, oh man, what's the new Star Wars series called? Uh, the one with that's like the the prequel with uh, young young Luke and Leia with uh, Kenobi. I think it's just called Kenobi or something like that. Yes, yes, with you and McGregor. Yes, have you but, seen that? I have. I have. Did you I like it? Re- in other news, South Africa finally has Disney Plus. Oh. <laughs> so guess what I've been catching up on? No, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Some of those Darth Vader scenes, man. Like I'm a big Darth Vader fan. Like people listening into the podcast, they can't see my office, but there's a big lightsaber coming out my wall with the Darth Vader glove. <laughs> um, I have a Darth Vader phone holder. Um, oh wow. So yeah, it's it's uh, that some the, some of the best Darth Vader scenes. I mean, where he, I don't want to give stuff away, but for people that haven't yeah. seen it, but he's really demons, demonstrates his power and just exactly how much of a, an imposing threat he was. I mean, Kylo Ren really is like a sniveling little yep. millennial. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't like the the that that the trilogy so much yeah. because you know for me it goes about the bad guy and yeah. you know how. How believable and how threatening, and, and do you understand his motivation? And I just think, yeah, it's that that was really cool. Yeah, um, to to see that and to see uh, also Obi Wan, his you know his power and that that mm-hmm. fight scene between him and Darth is, is, is really really cool. Yeah. Um, yep. If you need something to binge on, that's a good one. Yeah. So I mean, I managed to work my way through Mandalorian as well, which is really cool. I see the. Have you seen the new uh, advert? The, the, uh, the for season three uh no you know i i need to catch up on mandalorian so i haven't seen With it yet oh you haven't seen it oh my i've goodness. seen the first I'm... season but not the second so we'll have to catch up yeah but all uh, i can say yeah. is uh ahsoka tano i'm a big fan uh i think the actress that that plays her does a fantastic job um so yeah it's 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 really really good okay i'll have to my problem is once I start watching a show, that's all I want to do every night, and I don't get any any indie work done because I'm like, oh, but there, just one more episode. So, 
I, I do want to watch it, but I don't. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll get into it. And if it, if I disappear and you don't see any commits for me for like a week, then it's your fault and you know why. Uh, the, okay, I, I understand. For, forget how I said anything, Brian. Just uh, erase that part of the episode, please. All right, all right. <laughs> well, it's been good talking. Good to get back on the horse and uh, looking forward to more. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. All right. We'll uh, catch you later. Cheers, Brian. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode and you want an easy way to support us, we'd love it if you reviewed this podcast on whichever platform you're using to tune in. If you'd like to ask a question, you can send us an email to hello at indiedads.com or message us directly on Twitter. You can also find us at indiedads.com where you can see show notes, links to our Twitter profiles and product websites. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.